Well, hello there, and thank you for tuning in to the Shameless Sex Podcast. I'm Amy, sex educator, somatic sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure product company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom, to pussy praising, to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and and enjoy enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. Welcome to episode 24 of the Shameless Sex Podcast. And um, we're going to make this intro short and sweet because this podcast episode has been, there's something in the universe that is trying to make it really challenging for us. And we talk about a theme in this podcast about um, um, how we have to get through the darkness to the light. So I'm wondering if that's what this is because um, we this woman that we're recording with, her name is Elise Carr. She's amazing. Um, she is also known as Stella Muse and she does profound work in with Tantra and Reiki and sexual healing and sacred sexuality. Um, and I'll do a little more intro information on that in a second. But we had scheduled a podcast with her and we had technical difficulties because we were going to do it over Skype. Um, so we had to cancel it and do another day. The next day that we scheduled was when April and I were in Amsterdam. And for various reasons, we had to cancel that. And so twice we had to cancel with her and she still was willing to work with us again. We're not usually that flaky. It's just, there's something going on. So we just scheduled this one with her. We're trying this new way of recording because the other way that we were doing it through Skype was not working out so well. Long story short, we recorded it. It worked out. I still did a voice record memo thing on my phone, the voice memo, um, just in case as a backup. And thank the sweet Lord baby Jesus that I did because when I pressed save for this wonderful podcast with her, um, it did not record it. So we are, we're still going with it. It's actually from a voice memo on my phone, but because we have battled and this woman is amazing, we are still releasing it. So this is your first time listening to us. Please listen to other episodes because we normally have good sound. In fact, our intros usually sound better because I even forgot the, 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 um, the little mobile recorder that we record into. So, so, and we actually cut off just the, her beginning cause Amy started recording on her phone after the initial, um, you know, beginning of the podcast. So we'll give her a full intro uh, right now just because it, it kind of um, enters in. But she's amazing and you'll love the podcast. Great information. Wonderful person. Um, and, you know, like, thank you for listening, everyone, too. And please, if you are writing us, um, we appreciate the emails and we will get to your questions and we will respond eventually. We're just busy little bunnies. So give us time. We have a couple of questions in the queue that will answer some really wonderful questions um, from listeners, some that have attended our workshops at Oregon Eclipse. So we will get to that. But again, thank you for bearing with us. And um, please be patient with us in this episode. Like try to try to read through the sound and listen because she shares some really, really wonderful points. She's a really wonderful woman, educator, human doing really wonderful work. So without further ado, this episode is um, kind of all over the place on sacred sexuality uh, and 
and it is with the wonderful Elise Carr of Stella Muse, of, and you can visit her at stellamuse.com. So Elise Carr is known as the pioneer of Yoni Heart Mind Power, and she mentors, counsels, and avi- advises your journey of awakening from within through sacred guidance, sacred sexuality, spiritual spirituality, and soul. With unwavering enthusiasm, fierce dedication, and spirited insight, Elise guides inspirational and aspirational souls on a purpose-driven, joy-filled mission away from fear, dissatisfaction, and illusion, and into courageous love and mental clarity, guiding them to a life, a, li- a life, life, a life as their most authentic, nourished, and unique selves. Elise is also a student of the mysteries and a certified holistic life coach, health coach, tantra practitioner, and Reiki master, as well as a writer, speaker, model, and artist. Uh, And I will also say that she has a book coming out. What's the name of the book? Runway. It's about um, her experiences in modeling. And it's, she's not sure she's looking, I think, for a publisher still, but it should be out sometime, hopefully next year. She said she's been working it for like 11 years. It sounds like it's coming almost to the the final process. But the book looks cool. You can look at the description on our website, stellamuse.com. I will say two other things. She reached out to us. um, And then when we were like, okay, who is this person? Like checking out her website and like what she does. She's very much in line with um, Amy and I's like purpose as well. Like, she inspires um, folks through like empowerment and getting in touch with vulnerabilities and um, like I would we would hang out with her if she lived she's from Melbourne but we totally would live uh, or live with her we move in with her <laughs> we're moving in Elise if you're listening we're moving in uh, so yeah without further ado get ready to listen to some brilliance on sacred sexuality how we could tap deeper into our vulnerability how we can show up in greater ways for ourselves and for our partners um, tantra to trauma and how to work with trauma she just shares so many wonderful nuggets in a 45 minutes um, so without further ado, we give you the Stella Muse, Ms. Elise Carr. Woo. Assist people in working through sexual trauma or dysfunction, working through challenges in their relationships or within themselves for their next relationship. It can cover all those kind of things. So it can be very powerful, very dynamic, and it can go really beautifully with the sacred guidance work. And my other offering is, yes, as you mentioned, the healing side of things, which can be like hands-on Reiki healing, but that can also just be healing through parts of ourselves that we aren't aware of, which we call blind spots. And this can be extremely cathartic and releasing because often it's something like a pain or an emotion that we've held in our bodies for so long. And because we are supermen and superwomen, we seem to suppress it and carry on with our lives because we've got so many other things to do that these things get forgotten about. But They are part of us that we carry with us, this trauma, this pain, this sadness, this anger, this disconnect that actually holds us back from connecting to who we really are, why we're really here and how we can serve greatest. So helping people unpackage that and work through that, whether that's through Reiki or energetic healing, that can be done via Skype, just like we're connected now, or it can be done in person in in my practice in Australia. So I combine all of those and depending on where the person is when they come to me, I find what suits them best. To me, it's really important to approach this from a bespoke perspective, a really personalized perspective. I don't have a one size fits all because although we are all human and we're all souls, we all have a very unique journey and path and a very intricate and unique way that we function. So connecting on a very personal level in that regard to me is really important so that I can serve each individual to the best capacity I can to give them exactly what they need for where they are in that moment. So yeah, I guess that's kind of how I work at the moment. Beautiful. That's um, 
That's very, great. That's very dynamic. <laughs> I know. I know. And the one size fits all, yeah, approach definitely won't work. That's like, you know, from, from continent to continent, no matter where you are, everyone's so different. Everyone's stories are so different as well. And, um, I mean, for, for you, I mean, as a, as a healer and as, you know, you're a master of, of sacred sexuality, if you will, um, like, wh- how did you get there? Like what inspired you to go down this, this, this path of sacred healing and, and such? Yeah, that's a big question, a beautiful question. I guess it's kind of ironic because, interestingly enough, I came from a very different background. I originally studied to be a journalist. I worked as a foreign correspondent journalist, and I've also been modeling since I was seven. So I also modeled full-time and did that internationally in Europe and Asia. So I came from that space of false glamour and chasing this illusion of wanting to kind of be in a different world that I was never a part of and and journalism, writing stories that were nourishing me and modeling on its own, being part of a machine that was perpetuating a a false sense of beauty, didn't nourish my soul either. And it was actually when I was working as a model in Asia and I was away from my loved ones and I was craving stimulation mentally. So I started reading Buddhism actually and, and developing my yogic practice and things like that. But in that time, being away for several months, I was very connected from from my body in some ways of nourishing it with love. I wasn't into sex, drugs, rock and roll partying that, interestingly enough. I was working really hard, but I was away from my partner at the time as well as family. I was exhausting myself. And what happened was I came home back to Australia, actually with an ultimatum from that partner at the time. I didn't want to come back. I wanted to keep pursuing this, but it's very hard to have a long-distance relationship like that. I came back to Australia and within a few days I was hospitalized with a cyst on my ovary that had ruptured and toxins through my body sent my heart into a bit of a moment and it flatlined four times. And in that time, it was kind of interesting because I became a case study at the hospital because each time my heart starts again on its own. So my cardiologist said I was disgustingly healthy. It was just all these peculiar things. Like my body went through such trauma, but it was able to revive itself. So while I had to go through intensive care and the rehabilitation and get myself back on track, my body was okay. It was just like this massive wake-up call, which kind of put me in a position of who am I? And that's because when I was back home, I was learning to walk again. I couldn't drive a car yet again. I was struggling to shave my own legs. My partner left me because I was a shell of my former self. I couldn't get a real job, I say, with inverted commas, such as, you know, using my journalism degree or my public relations degree. And there was no way I was going to be on the catwalk anytime soon, hence the walking issue. So everything that I connected to me being me, a model, a journalist, you know, public relations practitioner, a girlfriend. I was actually none of these things. They were all stripped for me. And I felt more naked, more vulnerable. It's in the darkest place of my life than ever before. And it was in that moment that I realized I had to start figuring out who I really am, what I really want, how I'm really going to do that. It was kind of like I had a flashback to high school drama when we actually learned this technique by Konstantin Stanislavski in characterization. And many actors use this. They go a series of questions of who am I? What do I want? What do I have to do to get what I want? And what obstacles must I overcome? And that can sound very cut and dry, but I kind of had this playing through my mind, applying it to myself in reality as opposed to that character I played many years ago. And that's the turning point. That was this massive crossroads where I then decided 
to go back and do my master's in communications and cultural politics and women's studies. And it was the women's studies especially that that got me thinking about how I want to show up in the world as a woman. And from there, I, I actually left and moved to Paris because I was still so heartbroken and devastated. I, I had to kind of kill off other parts of me that weren't necessary and start my rebirth process. And after a few years back and forth from Paris, hiding away really in this bizarre isolation, I started writing my first novel, which was about the unglamorous side of the modeling industry, but it was really fundamentally as it still is now, because now I'm seeking a publisher, 11 is on, it's talking about how to find real truth, real beauty, real love in a world of illusions, because we all live in a world of illusions. doesn't matter if you're in the modeling industry or an acting or dancing industry, it, every person is going through that life of what is real and what is not. And that was just another moment where I was like, okay, I, I want to write about things that I want to write about. And from there, I developed Stella Muse, which now is my business name. And I realized I needed a few more kind of tools to nourish this. And then I went and started coaching. And I did that in Australia. And I went to the US and did that more. I went and got my Reiki Masters, which was over many years I was practicing Reiki. You don't just kind of do it all in one shot. But I, I finished my Reiki Masters around that time. And then I studied Tantra. And now all these years later, I've, I've combined it to actually offer a service because ultimately I thought I'm doing all this study, I'm getting all these pieces of paper, I'm learning and I'm experiencing life and I'm getting perspective and clarity and I've healed so many parts of myself, although we're always a work in progress, right? I was able then to go, okay, I'm, I'm ready to serve. And so for the last several years, I've, I've been doing this professionally and combining all this because to me, that is the most important thing. Once we have learned from our challenges, our trials, our triumphs also as well to get the gift, we're then ready to serve and and that's so important on this path. So it was a very interesting and eclectic kind of patchwork quilt way of getting there, but here I am and and I'm very, very pleased that I went through all the pain and sadness and trauma to now be able to be of service. So now you're on the spiritual catwalk, right? Getting it <laughs> on that catwalk. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> the spiritual catwalk. Nice. Yeah, you can you can hashtag that later if you want to. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, and I like I like all that that journey of really uh, going through uh, kind of the darkness to get to the light, like really, really hitting the pits of the darkness to move forward and above and beyond even where you were before um, all of the trauma. I think it's really inspirational. It's so true, and to me, that is kind of fundamental to to life, and that's why I find that. I live the truth that I work in professionally as well. It's like that walking, walk, talking the talk things, I guess here's the runway and modeling again. But that concept of having to go through the darkness to get to the light, that's part of the cycle and evolution of, of life. And not everyone's going to have their heart stopping four times to wake them up. Sometimes it's a relationship breaking down. Sometimes it's the loss of a parent. Sometimes it's the end of, you know, a contact with a prof like a profession that you thought you're going to be in for the rest of your life. Whatever it is, we all have really gentle whispers, really loud kind of screams that happen within ourselves in our day-to-day -day life that kind of beckon us into the darkness. And I find this to be like a journey of the heroine because the journey of the hero is all very external. You know, he ticks the boxes, he saves the day, he comes back and he like, you know, the rule of the land. The story of the heroine is, is about going within. She's about going within herself to confront that darkness. And that darkness is sometimes seen as like the dark goddess mother, or we can see it as the ego personality. And we have to confront that. We have to confront, you know, who we've been. We have to confront how we've been showing up. We have to confront the sadness that we've suppressed and ignored. 
and do the work from there. And sometimes that means, you know, we need to reach out to someone who has gone there before and who can shine some light in our darkness because it can be a very alone and isolating time. And often people think there's something wrong with them, like they're going through some kind of psychological meltdown when really it's actually a spiritual crisis. And many of us who choose to commit to the path go through several spiritual crises along the way. And it's just like peeling back more and more layers. Or if we look at ourselves as, you know, the lotus that that blossoms through the mud, we're slowly starting to unfurl bit by bit by bit every time we go through that darkness. We can do it a little bit faster and a little bit easier and with a little bit less pain because we know there's light at the end of the tunnel. But, yeah, it's, it's big work. And to me, it's the most rewarding work to assist someone through that and to also have the skills to be able to do it yourself. And that's another part of the work I do. I want to empower people and give them skills to be able to do the work best they can on their own without needing me or anyone else, but knowing that if they do need that guidance, someone is here. It's always lovely to know, okay, I can be self-sufficient to some degree, but if someone, you know, is there when I need them, that's wonderful. I've kind of got that, that comfort. We need to feel safe. We need to feel safe and held and seen and heard and cherished at, at all points of our life, whether that's romantically or through, you know, a mentor kind of relationship or professionally. Sorry, I guess it's a bit off tangent, but no, it's kind no, of connected. Okay. And I just, I just love what you said with the darkness and light. Yeah. So I just oh, share that. What is the one that you always say, April? I always say with death comes rebirth. And it's like, I mean, that's more like final, but like with the death of a relationship, something else can be reborn out of it. Like when my marriage ended, I kind of was, was, um, my, my true self really was shining after that. It took time and it took me, you know, hitting rock bottom, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely happens with, with, uh, the darkness comes light. And with death comes rebirth. Yes. Um, I have a question how can you, because we haven't really done much on Tantra on our podcast, can you go deeper into Tantra, um, what that means to you, how you use or, or teach sacred sexuality to your clients? Sure. It's a really important question and it's great that we can have the opportunity to share a bit of truth. And I have to say, I, I don't call myself like a tantrika or like a, a tantra master because to know tantra and not just to live it, but to fully embody it in every capacity and know everything, you have to have been doing this for lifetimes and have to have read all these tantric scriptures, which to be honest, aren't even in English. So it's really challenging for someone who is, you know, not 105 to have a, a really great grasp of it. So I come from a place of, yes, devoting my life to it, the best know-how. And I just like to put that out there so people don't think that we're trying to be something we're not because a lot of people out there creating illusions, and I don't want to add to that. I want to keep it real. But I do devote my life to a practice of, like I said before, the harmony of Shakti Shiva, the harmony of darkness and light, kind of like what we just touched on. That is living a tantric life because you're honouring the duality. You're not ignoring half. You know, when we look at some faiths or some beliefs, they kind of shun sex that it's wrong or dirty. And and we kind of then have a disbalance and unease in the experience of, of a human life. Tantra embraces everything. It embraces your pain. It embraces your joy. It embraces the act of sexuality if it's weaved in with consciousness and heart and being present, not the act of the animal nature, we call it, which is the disconnected, um, I don't want to say the word, fucking, mm -hmm. but that's exactly what it is. And it's void of heart. That's why such things as pornography give a really skewed perception of what a healthy sexual experience is. 
because there is no heart. I mean, just an example, you know, let's say a man takes a woman from behind and I'm saying this isn't a bad thing. I'm just saying as a physical example who can visualise it if you want to, the hearts aren't connected. He's literally taking her for that capacity. It's very primal. It's very animalistic. You can totally go for that. Enjoy that position if you want. I'm not condemning it. Just giving you an example of a lack of heart connection. Whereas in Tantra, one position that is really quite beautiful and quite revered is called yab-yam, which means mother-father. And as an example, if you're in a relationship with a man and a woman, the man would sit cross-legged on a comfortable cushion or bed, and he'd lift the woman up by her bottom, lifting her on top of him. She wraps her legs around him and then wraps her arms around his neck. Now, I like to call this the clip-on koala when I explain (laughs) it, because it's kind of like she just clips onto him. But in that space, and you can do this fully clothed, mind you, it doesn't have to be during physical penetration. The connection points of the genitals, of the heart, of the lips, which can be a beautiful double charge, and then also of the third eye. It's kind of like when you place your hands together in a prayer position and then you kind of in, you know, wrap your fingers around, like they're fully embraced, they're fully connected physically, but yes, actually shifting energy to create a connection of emotion, to create a connection of consciousness, to create unity. And everything about Tantra is about weaving together that spiritual element and the physical element to raise consciousness, to create unity. We want oneness. We want harmony. We want day and night to find that beautiful harmony. We want Shakti Shiva, goddess and God, to find that harmony. So you can do that in a conversation with someone by holding space with them, by letting them speak and being fiercely present, holding sacred space, I call it. But that fierce presence means you're not on the phone checking your Twitter or, you know, sliding right on some kind of dating app, you're listening to them and you're being with them entirely. That can be a tantric experience, connecting eye to eye, embracing them energetically. If it's a professional, you know, scenario or embracing them, you know, with a hug, if it's someone you care about and they're going through something painful, that can be tantric. Just like in the bedroom, you are listening to each other. You're reading each other's bodies. Know that you're there, not just for your own pleasure and the ultimate destination of an orgasm, but the journey. Tantra is about the journey. So just enjoying touching their skin, smelling them, perhaps feeding each other, laughing, telling each other what you like with love, not judgment or being demanding or anything like that. There's so many different ways to experience Tantra. It's not just the sexual side of things, but that is a beautiful part of it. It's just one way that because we are having a human experience, because most of us want to experience a sexual connection and sexual gratification, It's not ignored. It's embraced and it's weaved in. But if you just stay in the sexual part of it, you're not going to experience Tantra as a lifestyle and you won't progress to that point of consciousness that Tantrics or Tantrikas are aspiring to reach. And that's, I guess, a teeny tiny taste of what Tantra can be, I suppose, if that answers your question in detail enough, ladies. Yeah, I think it's just just good to have a more broad understanding and you know, I think that in, you know, Western culture, we think of Tantra as being all about sex. And, um, you know, it's and I like to clarify that that's just a teeny, teeny, teeny little part of it. You know, it's sex is just one of the many modalities that folks can experience Tantra. But really, it's um, it's just beyond that. And it's about, you know, presence and ritual. And there's there's so much to it. Um, but it's, we talked about that before in the podcast and I talk about this in daily life, the levels of listening, Mm. like level one listening. And I do that to my partner. I'm like, you're being a level one listener right now on your phone, aren't you? (laughs) I'm like, why don't you tap in and get level three with me right now? Mm. And like, look at me. 
And he's like, okay, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. I, that is like when you really connect with someone just in a conversational aspect, it does, you feel like the energies and like the exchange. And of course, doing that sexually is really powerful, but doing that just in conversation is is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with that complete, mm-hmm. that complete presence and, you know, completely holding space for the person that you're with and um, for anything that shows up is a really powerful practice, especially for folks who've never experienced receiving that, uh, being held in that way. So, yeah, it's really beautiful. And Absolutely. Really mm-hmm. And, you know, most people haven't. Just, I mean, even just think in the last like week, how many people have done that for you or how many people have you done that for? I guess, you know, if you're a practitioner, then it's a little bit different. But let's say out of the professional sphere, just personally, you know, do you have someone in your world that you can really share with? And I don't just mean like offload, dump your stuff and you go, but I mean, have that exchange because we're talking about the harmony of day and night, the harmony of Shakti Shiva is an energetic cycle. This is why we, we learn breath work and we learn to, to shift and move energy. And in making love with a beloved, you can shift the energy between you two to prolong the journey. You can do it in conversation. You know, someone gets to share and you are deeply there and then you get to share and they're deeply there. That beautiful exchange, everything in life is that exchange. It's like inhale and exhale, the most fundamental exchange ever. And we do it without thinking about it. We know, the body knows, it's built into us, you have to inhale and exhale. Everything that is alive and breathing does this. So it's fundamental to our existence. But when we deepen it, when we're aware of it, when we connect with it on levels that perhaps we haven't experienced before, it can change our experience of life. And that is part of Tantra. And that is like, as you probably mentioned, ladies, that level one listening compared to like, let's say a level three listener you know, they're fiercely present and it feels so deep and so beautiful. And you, especially as a woman, have a different experience, especially with a man. If he can hold you in a space with his energy or his presence because he's listening to you, it means he's seeing you, seeing beyond just the beauty of your exterior, but starting to see into you because he's feeling the energy from you. He's feeling emotion. He's connecting ideally to something higher consciousness, perhaps even a taste of your soul, that is when we start to deepen the intimacy in a relationship. And when you can develop that in a relationship, the man or woman needs to not wander for something else or someone else because they create a depth within that union that makes it sacred. That is part of sacred union. And that intimacy, we say in Tantra, is like into me I see. You begin to realize that that person has vulnerabilities just like you do. That person needs love just like you do. You want to love that person just like you want them to love you. There's so many layers and it can be so beautiful and and that's another really lovely part of the tantric path as well when you start to weave that in to your most sacred relationships and how it will shift you to as a couple or even if you just start with yourself, how you show up in the world when you can offer that to someone else even on a professional sense or someone in your family or a dear friend. It's almost like a, you know, a little bit of magic, I suppose, if you want to look at it like that. So as a start, as a starting point for our listeners, if they want to even just tap into a little bit of tantric practice, they could just put down their phones when their partner's talking, put down their phones, clear their head and just fully listen and be present in that moment with what they're saying and share whatever an experience or a discussion that would be like the first step in in, in tantric practice. Right? 
Yeah, and yes, and it, how simple does it sound? Yeah. It might be challenging for some people if they're a bit addicted to their phone, but having no other stimulus distracting you. So for some people, it might be phone, some people might be television, you know, it might be the children if you have them or whatever it is. So that's why we have to create time and space. That means you might actually have to even schedule at times the deeper conversations there where you might need 30 minutes or an hour Day to day, you need to have a couple of minutes of touch points just like that. It might be when you wake up in the morning before you bound out of bed and look at your phones and check your emails and Instagram. You just connect. You look at each other. You have a snuggle. You just check in. Maybe you want to share a dream that you experienced last night. Maybe something's been on your mind you want to have a chat about. You know, creating space and time that suits you two as a couple or yourself as an individual with, you know, whatever relationship you're talking about here, it's all possible. But both of you have to want to show up. At the end of the day, you have to invest in any relationship just like you you invest in your bank account. You know, we're really good at taking things out and, and doing our online spending, but we forget we have to keep filling up those cups, filling up our own cup first and foremost so we can be of the greatest service, but nourishing that cup of the relationship, whatever relationship that is. So, yeah, starting real fierce presence, I call it, or creating sacred space if you want to go even deeper, is a very simple yet essential non-negotiable part of a relationship of intimacy and, and starting to experience a tantric connection. And I love the analogy that you just used with the 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 debit versus like putting in the bank, the account. bank account situation. Mm-hmm. Like the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which I've talked about before, talks about that. Like with everything, like whether it's a household appliance or your relationship, like if you don't manage it and you're just constantly creating debits and never putting anything into it, it's not going to work anymore. Somehow you have to nourish it. So I love that analogy. Mm-hmm. I use it a lot. I think about that. I'm like, oh, I'm making a lot of debits with this one. <laughs> I need to. I need to put some things in. <laughs> Nourishment time. Nourishment time. Mm-hmm. Um, something I found really interesting, which I wanted to talk to you about as well, was the the yoni heart mind stuff that you do. And we've done. You, you like Amy's talked about her yoni massage. Oh yeah. Um, we had and, yeah we had someone that works as a. Um, energy healer who does hands-on um yoni massage and energy work to to heal the divine feminine um so we've had an episode on that but i think it's really powerful people love the episode so yeah what question what do you want to yeah i kind of wanted to know um some of the the fundamentals because it seems like that's um obviously uh, a passion of yours because it sounds like you focus a lot on um the essence of women and their sexuality and their sacred sexuality so just wanted to know if you had any, you know, basic truths about it that you wanted to share with our listeners. Sure. I I have a free video, like Trilogy. That's part of the reason why I, I have that on my website, because I spoke about what I call the Yoni Heart Mind Circuitry, the connection. Because like I touched on with the sacred guidance work I do, there's a physical element to us, like our bodies, tangible things we can touch, like you know, the table we're probably sitting at now. There's the heart space and the emotions, and then there's the mind and beyond that to consciousness. So if we're ignoring any of those three planes, we call it in the esoteric world, or any of those three levels, we're ignoring a part of our experience of this human life and, and ignoring a part of us. 
So it's really important that we work through the process of healing parts of that, of tapping into parts of that, exploring parts of that, and really getting it in alignment. Because like I said before, if you live only from a place of, we call it the animal nature, the sexual primal desires, that lower part, just the sex center, if you're just focused on sex and wanting things and buying the next thing and getting this and having that and the me, 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 the personality, the ego, if you just live there, you're really limiting yourself from the waist up because you're living from waist down. Sometimes women do this, if we're just going to explore women at the moment, do this because of trauma. So they've actually kind of disconnected themselves, connecting to their heart because they've been sexually abused, because they've been neglected or abandoned, because they've had deep heartache. So this is something that can be worked through. And and some women find hands-on physical touch can be healing for them. I'm very cautious with that because it can also open up Pandora's box and not a lot of practitioners have the capacity to hold a woman through that space. Trauma is a very challenging area. So I'm very cautious about who I who I connect with. And if I do do any hands-on touch, it's fully clothed and I don't do any gentle stimulation. It's it's more about holding them in that space and I might have my hand on their womb or my hands on their thighs, that kind of thing. But I, I don't actually stimulate anything with the genitals. But connecting with that space, even in conversation, because some women want to share their story. They want to be seen and held and heard, like I talked about before, that a partner can do. Sometimes they want a professional to, to kind of lead them through that and take them from darkness to light. Now, that doesn't mean we have to relive the trauma. Often in Tantra, we like to work around that space because until you go into that, you know, you, that wound, you have to have that woman who's in a couple of space to be able to literally live through it because if we just went into like ripping the band-aid off it can be extremely traumatic and it might not be to her betterment it might be to her detriment so we need to build her up and often that means working around other parts so we might actually start with the heart space with the emotions with assisting her in knowing that she is a soul and what her unique essence is and how that connects to her how she's showing up is she feeling held in the world you know what her truths are there's so many questions so many entry points but to me starting with the heart space can actually be very helpful in healing the opposite end of that little inner battery we call because there's like an inner battery with us and women we've got the heart between the breasts and we've got the yoni space the sacred sexual space like two pole opposites starting with heart and that starting to gently open and flourish because it's feeling safe and held and seen and heard more the yoni space kind of connects as we know if you think of even foreplay if the nipples or breasts are stimulated there's a direct correlation also to the stimulation you feel in the sex center it's like a little sacred triangle right if you think of like the nipples going down so that's why energetically emotionally even in conversation connecting with heart space can be very helpful to healing sexual trauma as well but then from that space we kind of want to go to the mind The mind is like the most powerful tool. The mind is often misused or underused or underused for its true nature, but overused with nonsense and stimulation and fear and chit chat and horrible conversations that you have within your own internal mind, the inner dialogue that we know can be very mean. You know, there's all those factors. So starting to learn to change your thought patterns, starting to break old habits, old cycles that don't nourish and support you from a psychological perspective, from a mental perspective, is really powerful in assisting this alignment to start taking place. 
so that the mind and the heart are kind of singing and speaking and communicating really beautifully. And that sex nature, that personality, that ego just kind of zips in underneath and is controlled by the above. It doesn't control. The sex nature shouldn't be in control. It needs to be told what to do and when to do it and to do it with love and do it with consciousness. It's like you could make a decision with your genitals that isn't going to be very wise, but if you make it with your heart and your mind and consciousness, it'll be a completely different decision most times. Does that, you know, kind of make sense? We have to come Mm. from this place of higher consciousness, making decisions from there in order for us to live a more conscious path. So to me, when we start to get that yoni heart mind circuitry connecting and we have the energy flowing through us, we are living a more conscious path. We are living from a higher vibration. And that means we're a clearer panel and therefore we can serve greater because we've done the work within. Now, this takes time. There are layers and layers. It can take a lifetime or lifetimes for some people. It can take years. It can take months. It's not something that's just going to be fixed overnight with one little healing session. Yes, it can be an in and it can just give you enough light for you to carry on but that's only the beginning we're just scratching the surface it's pretty deep work it's pretty deep work that's yeah that's awesome so i heard you say something about uh lifetimes do you so do you believe that the work that you're doing to help people kind of get back to their true essence into their internal wisdom and their more present deeper connected self do you believe that if people didn't receive shame and trauma that this would actually be their natural state like this is how we are that's kind of our birthright or do you believe that we carry like ancestral trauma so that not all of us are maybe born into that but uh, what is your thought process on that Amazing question. Yes, I I believe we we can be born into trauma that perhaps we didn't choose. It's because of, you know, the culture we're born into, the religion we're born into, the family we're born into. There's all those factors that until a soul has evolved, they can't choose things. They're just born into that. Yes, we carry things, I believe, from other lifetimes. And this is part of karma, I guess, because I believe in the tantric and, and the Buddhist way of seeing things. I believe we carry with us that karma that needs to be processed. So while ultimately we're working towards, you know, that Christic, Christ, Buddhist, Buddha, purest, divine form, whatever you want to call it, you know, we're working towards that, but we have a lot of work to do kind of to unravel everything we've done beforehand. I think that that's a really um, kind of a juicy topic for people because there are actually studies that are showing that we do carry trauma in our DNA like this is something that is that science even you know for your western heady science person this is something that is real and is out there um, that people are talking about so it isn't just coming from buddhism and tantra it's actual like your heady western science types are also agreeing that trauma can actually move through us through generations and we can carry it so and even in how we communicate with each other too because that book that i've read i don't know if you've ever read it at least it's called taking the war out of our words but it's literally we are like born with a specific way defensive way to communicate because of our, you know, we're homo sapiens and we were, we're born to like into war, like to fight. So I I can totally see also trauma being linked to DNA just because it's evolution in some way. Mm -hmm. It's hopefully It's, It's really multifaceted. And the other thing I find interesting is also looking at the collective consciousness of let's say women. So as women, we have been so suppressed and, you know, raped and murdered, all these horrible things throughout you know, centuries, 
that as women now, we carry a connection to that collective consciousness of the feminine, the feminine being wounded, the feminine being neglected. I mean, years ago, all the statues of the goddesses and gods were everywhere. And then the goddess statues got started, you know, being ripped down. And it was from there that they had patriarchy and compartmentalization and the masculine way of doing things was overriding anything feminine. And the feminine was just sub graded and this happened around the world and we still aren't quite there yet yes thank you to feminism who has given us the vote and and many other things that we can see around the world it's it's done a wonderful job but we kind of need a new wave now because the pendulum has gone from one extreme of being completely suppressed to the other extreme of being almost having to be masculine to be seen women have had to kind of step into this role maybe it's kind of a bit more 80s i suppose and now where we are we want to swing into that harmony of balance that standing in the middle ground that taking the middle road of going femininity is beautiful and strong and powerful its own way. I don't need to be suppressed because I'm a woman. I don't need to be a man to be seen as a woman. I just need to tap into my truth and who I really am. And I think that's another part of us as women that we've carried this pain, carried this trauma, and in our generations as well, felt that we had to be something else to succeed in a very masculine-driven patriarchal society that now... Thanks, I guess, to a bit of the new age and a bit of the goddessy movement, we we're allowed to have kind of float around in our caftans and our crystals, but we have mm -hmm. to solidify that a bit more and, and go deeper than just the external femininity and actually go into the power of femininity, which is in the heart. And that's why when I was talking about the yoni heart mind consciousness, the most powerful place for a woman to start if she wants to heal is in her heart because that is where your unique essence, that is where that kind of je ne sais quoi, that perfume that is so unique to you, woman, that no one else on the planet has, just you. You have your own essence. You have your own signature. When that starts to kind of feel safe enough to unfurl and come out and radiate from you, you will then be a more empowered, more harmonized woman living her truth, living her beauty, living from a place of love and wisdom in harmony. To me, that is the ultimate pursuit on the road to consciousness for women. So... That's why I love doing what I do because part of that is is the journey that I I guess I hold that space for women. I love that. Yes, that makes me feel a bit empowered. Like Woo! who around the world? Girls, <laughs> women. Um, <laughs> in harmony with men. Woo! Yes, Woo! in harmony, a balance. Um, we still love men. We yeah. just all want to, you know, one big happy family. There's no reason why we can't have humanitarian all and all genders, right? right? Mm -hmm. All genders. California just actually passed the. Um, the, it was a gender fluidity. It's like gender nonconforming is now you don't have to yes, fill out a gender beautiful. on, on, um, applications however and you, things. Yeah. I love that. However you, however you resonate, whatever you term yourself. When I talk about women and men, I guess it's easily shifted to masculine and feminine because we have both of those energies within us, however we identify. And totally. there's a very big spectrum of how you flow across that. And that should be embraced. Absolutely. Um, uh, you mentioned, and I and I also saw, which I'm really excited about, um, a novel that you've been working on called Runway. It's going to be coming out soon this year, next year, soon. Oh, I wish I could give you a time factor. <laughs> I don't have a time factor. I'd love to say, yeah, it's coming out next week. I'm in the process of getting a publisher. I I have some potential kind of irons on the fire, and I'm just doing a few little editing tweaks at the moment that someone suggested I do before I resubmit to them. So it's, it's coming, it's getting there. But that was the book that I started writing 11 years ago that I've just kind of had on the sidelines while I've obviously built up Stella Muse and my practice and, and done other things with that. But really that story, as I kind of touched on, isn't just about talking along the lines of how the unglamorous world of the modeling industry is 
not as beautiful as everyone thinks it is, but how important, no matter what world you live in, that you need, I suppose, to, to embrace your truth. And that's what everything I do is about. So no matter how you identify, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, if you aren't able to connect with your truth, your beauty, you're not going to be able to understand what your love and wisdom that you have within you is. And it's really messy and it's really challenging. And it's very, very hard to to live in this world when you're not really of this world. You know, we were born into Earth, but we weren't from Earth as such, you know, whether you believe we're from Stardust or somewhere else or whatever it is. You know, we've come here and we're having this human experience as souls. It's really challenging. And when you're shifting and changing and you no longer believe in the illusions, you no longer believe that media has all the answers, you no longer believe that perhaps your religion has all the answers, you no longer believe that your parents have all the answers, you're seeking, you're seeking, you're seeking. You've got to go within yourself. The answers are within you. And to me, this is what this novel is really about. This young woman who hmm, happens to be a little bit like me, I suppose, was in her early 20s and she had the same experiences as me as a journalist and a model and all those things being stripped away from her. She goes on a really intricate outer journey, traveling the world, but a really deep and powerful and heartbreaking inner journey to find out who she is, why she's here and how she can actually honor that truth while living on earth, I suppose, you know, and, and trying to be at times this model or this girlfriend or whatever hat it is she's supposed to wear that society gives to her that doesn't nourish her and, and fighting a system that is so archaic is really challenging. We realise that we don't have to fight the system, we just have to build a new system. And when more of us start doing that, the power will be shifted from the old to the new and that's when we're going to have the ultimate game change. Nice. So this is... The book is almost, um, it's like your memoir, but it's also a novel, a novel, yeah. so, which is kind yeah, of Yeah, cool. I fictionalized it. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. That's fun. Yeah, I they, love yeah. that. That's like, um, some of my favorite readings are like when they're true experiences of people, because I, I, I'm not a big nonfiction, or I'm a big... You're not a big fiction person. Thank you. Yeah. I love nonfiction, but I love human experiences because everyone's stories are so interesting. And just reading the description of your book and our listeners, if you check out, which um, will you know, let you know how to, how to reach um, Elise here shortly, but check out um, her website and, and the description of your book. It sounds really interesting and like it'd be an awesome read. I was excited because I love fashion so much and it's you have stilettos in reference to stilettos. I was like, oh hey girl. <laughs> yeah. Spirituality and stilettos. But that's just it. And that to me is like I've talked about this whole day, I suppose, is is that day and night, a Shakti Shiva the, the inner and the outer, I still wear stilettos, but I do it with purpose now. I do it with a deep connection to spirit because stilettos on their own will not serve you and will not nourish you and make you feel whole and complete. And sometimes spirituality on its own for some people who still want to, you know, live in this world and not go live in a monastery – Sometimes spirituality on its own can be very isolating or very challenging. So if we find that middle road that I touched on and we can blend these like Tantra does, you can find that you can have human experiences but do it with consciousness. It will shift your experience of life but you're not missing out. There's no deprivation unless you reach a certain point where things no longer serve anymore and you cut them out. And for me, I've done that. You know, there's certain relationships that go. I, I mean, I barely drank my whole life, but I don't drink at all now. I did like champagne for a little bit there living in Paris, but that's gone. 
certain lifestyle choices go. Now I have non-negotiable practices. You know, as we evolve on the practice, you realize maybe you're learning a little bit away from the stilettos and a little bit more to the spirituality. But every now and again, you dust off your favorite pair of Dolce & Gabbana's and slip them on. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that. So I honor that path because I've walked it for some time now, I suppose. I'm dusting off my Birkenstocks, okay? Just <laughs> just getting ready for my spiritual journey. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. So your website is stellamuse.com. Yeah, how, how can people work with you? Right. I mean, what does that entail to work with you? How do they get in touch with you? What are this, how do they book you know, sessions? Is it Skype? Is it on person? You know, what, are, what are your offerings here in terms of how people can work with you? Sure. As you said, my website is stellanews.com and that's Stella with an A. And the best way for people to connect with me is on my contact page there. You can write me an email and just let me know after you've read the website what speaks to you, whether you feel it's a sacred guidance session or you'd like to explore a tantra session. And from there, yes, wherever you are in the world, we connect via Skype. I take a lot of clients, whether it's from Asia to the States to the UK, Dubai, all different places, you know, in Arab Emirates. So, yes, it doesn't have to be in the same country as me. Obviously, if bizarrely, you're listening to me from Melbourne, Australia. I'm normally based here, but I do travel around sometimes. I'm going to be going around the country for a little bit and be connecting with clients around Australia. But best way is really just to connect with me via email. And if there's anything that really speaks to you, I'm more than happy to offer you assistance if I can, and we can book you a session. If not, I'll be able to direct you in the right direction, I trust. If you're in California, come and visit Amy and I in Santa Cruz. <laughs> it's a really I was nice just town. in California like a couple of months ago. It's a shame we weren't connected beforehand. No, you'll have to come back and visit us. We would love to to meet you in person and maybe even host a workshop for you. Um, that sounds amazing. Birkenstocks and heels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, April wears heels. I, I only more, wear I'm, heels. I don't really wear Birkenstocks go yet, but I'm more a little more on the... I just have bought side. some tennis shoes and Amy was making fun of me because they're platform. Yeah, I'm like, even you just can't be short. <laughs> like these tennis shoes that she has are like three inches tall. <laughs> they're, yeah, well, what could you do? I love being tall. Um, So, <laughs> if you're in California, though, for sure, and if we're in Australia, I love Melbourne. They have the best shopping. Oh, speaking of shopping. <laughs> <laughs> so My favorite shopping to... is the organic vegetable market kind of Ooh! shopping, but I'm gathering you mean the clothes. She I does. Do. She means the I didn't clothes. do a lot of food shopping there, but I'm, that's good to know. I, I can check out the farmer's market. Um, you are such a delight, though, to have on the show, Elise. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with Amy and I and share your, like, all of your knowledge, your wisdom, your energy. Um, it was a delight. Thank you, April. Thank you, Amy. It has been a pleasure, and I've really loved everything we've dived into, and, and I sincerely trust that we do get to connect in person, you know, at some point along the lines, and it'll be wonderful to have a workshop. But otherwise, thank you so much for having me. I really have enjoyed this conversation, and just connecting with you today has has been a joy. Thank you, ladies. So check out Elise Carr. It's um, www.stellamuse.com. <laughs> uh, you won't be disappointed. She looks really nice, too. <laughs> She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk to you soon, Elise, and ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.